Welcome to Spoilers Intended, a podcast about series, novels, and films. In this episode, I would never eat whale, not even just the tail, to get out of jail, or if it was on sale. That's right, we're talking Disney Plus's Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Stephen Ford, joined as always by Andrew Knuckles. Hello. And Joel Killingsworth. Greetings. And salutations. And salutations. All right. Well, as we've already alluded to, we're going to be talking about the Disney Plus release, uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, a little nostalgia trip in 2022. And we will not be doing the entire episode in chipmunk voice. Not even a little bit. That is just (laughs) something that is physically impossible. With the power of technology. Oh, we could. Well, we right. could do we that. Just speed oh, this gosh, right up. Please don't do that. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to this on review and the, we're going to hit the intermission. It's going to be, be like, a oh. 20 minute episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before we get into that, obviously, Disney has long since understood the key and the key was to create nostalgia, wait a couple decades and then mine the nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. If you plant it, then you can harvest it later. That's how trees work. <laughs> it's also how nostalgia works. So. We're going to talk about maybe uh, some nostalgia-esque stuff for us as kids. Yeah. And uh, I do believe we have more than just films and TV for this option. Indeed. I think we have maybe all three. I'm actually not sure. Maybe just two. I think we're just going to hit two here. Okay. I think. (laughs) I'm not sure who wants to go first here. Joel can go first. Yeah. I always go first. So It's alphabetical, Andrew. No, it's not. It's your curse. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I am taking... Uh, the Mars Diaries. This is a series of books. We're gonna have to cut. That. I had wasn't pulled, prepared. I pulled this up. And Shame. I put it down. Shame. 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 All right. So I am going with the Mars Diaries. This is a series of books by Sigmund Brower. Mm-hmm. That is set in the year 2039 on the first self-sustaining human colony on Mars. And the main character, Tice Sanders, is a 14-year-old kid who is uh, paralyzed. So he's stuck in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, in this environment of all resources in this this biome are you know, only here because we brought them here from earth and we have to be self-sufficient. Like he's a, he's a significant drain, right? Not being an able-bodied individual. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there's a reason that he's allowed to be there. And he learns that this reason is because his parents allowed him to be experimented on as a child. Wonderful. Wow. Great parents. And, (laughs) (laughs) uh, and the result of this is that he has a chip implanted in his spine which may or may not be the reason for his paralyzation as the story Wonderful. proceeds. Wow. And, um, uh, but what this chip does, it allows him to remotely interface and transfer his consciousness essentially into uh, robots. And so 
That's kind of cool. This is, is a really cool kind of introduction <laughs> to sci-fi as a young reader mm-hmm. um, where you get to relate to this, where if you're reading this as like 10 years old, 14 sounds really old and like he's really cool, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> Calm and control yeah. knows how the world works. Uh, and, you know, this it's filled with a lot of cool space facts about Mars and Mars's moons and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, talking about how the self-contained biome works and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So it's got some really, a lot of really cool stuff that you can do with the sci-fi setting. Mm-hmm. And then there's like this government conspiracy <laughs> and there's uh, people transferring consciousness into robots and doing spy stuff. And it's just, it's, it's re- like, I'm sure if I read it today, I would not like it at all. <laughs> but my memories of it, having read it as a child was that it was just super cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take something. I'm going to go. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, I don't know. Maybe y'all grew up with it. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. Tailspin? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sunday or Sunday. Wow. After. Uh, Saturday morning cartoons? Uh, I don't, it really wasn't, though. It was like an after school show. It was how I remember it being. Yeah, that sounds about right. I That's, think I that feel like I remember get, yeah. you, know, you get home at 3.30 and then you turn <laughs> it on. It comes on at 4 or something like that. Yeah. But, but so y'all know me. I love planes. I love the concept of flying. So Tailspin has a. It's very. This is like kind of almost the Porco Rosso preceder because the plane is a uh, boat seaplane. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you you know a lot of flying, a lot of hijinks. You know, you have uh, Baloo as not just a uh, bear in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Uh, sidekick Kip, I believe, is how if I remember that right. And yeah, just kind of you know hijinks ensue, sort of stuff. It's just he's a he's not like a fighter pilot or anything. He's just hauls cargo and just you know gets into hijinks yeah random things happen <laughs> he's actually secretly smuggling this for a spy and you have a really kind of bizarre world where we have all again all these you know animals acting as if you know like humans right uh but just different uh we have a definitely a soviet russia analog and a few <laughs> others you know the sky pirates and I don't know, it was just as a kid, you know, you get home from school and you turn it on and, and boom, go. And I think there was even a, like a, an attempt at a reboot not that long ago and it did not survive very long, which is, you know, sad. But echoing you, Joel, I'm sure if I went back and rewatched these episodes, I'd be like, this is terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Eight-year-old me was an idiot, you know. <laughs> true statement. But yeah, you know, seeing stuff like you know rescue rangers because this is the same block of programming as rescue rangers tailspin and, and that were hitting in the same mm-hmm. uh broadcast basically so yeah it just kind of takes you back and you you look at it and you're like yeah those are the days back when i just accepted bad because it was awesome <laughs> well i mean you didn't know any better <laughs> yeah I mean, but yeah. but i mean it was it was also awesome you know there's a lot of you know piloting and all this other stuff going on mm-hmm. so it was, it was all for it yeah yeah that's my my nostalgia pitch cool don't so, go watch it though. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they have you, it on Disney Plus. They do. Yeah, you can try it. I mean, I, I'm not making any Buyer guarantees. beware. Yeah, I'm not making any guarantees. On this <laughs> uh, so I am going with um, this. Is this kind of draws all the way back from when I was a, a wee lad, um, about five or six. Uh, I'm going with Speed Racer, the original um, anime from 1969. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Um, or maybe it's 1964. Anyways, uh, it came out in the 60s. Now I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Um, but uh, so Speed Racer, his entire world um, revolves around racing cars. Mm-hmm. And nice and, ascots. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so this was kind of one of the one of the first um, anime to come over to the U.S. Um, in any kind of like real form, uh, and the the animation is not good. And 1967. Okay, yeah, I, I was right in the you middle. Split the yeah, difference. Split the yeah. difference. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so everything can be solved in this anime with cars, uh, whether that be. Uh, racing to win an actual race mm-hmm. or racing bad guys to beat the bad guys. Uh, and they're like, oh no, we lost the race. I guess we'll stop being bad guys now. Uh, kind <laughs> of. Uh, no, but there's actually a lot of death in this in this show. Okay. Um, yes. Where like basically every bad guy dies in the fiery explosion. Okay. Um, right. And there's uh, there's kind of like some spy elements with mm-hmm. the show uh-huh. if you've never seen it. Uh, be, so the Mach 5, which is the the main car that his his father pops racer um oh yeah i I was gonna tell you the family name is racer speed is his first name okay we have pops racer and mom racer yep oh yeah and then then we (laughs) oh yeah um and then we have spritel then we have spritel and chim 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 is the monkey spritel is his younger brother then we have trixie who is i couldn't have told those apart (laughs) trixie is his girlfriend but she can also fly a helicopter Oh, that's that's good skills. Yep, uh, it and, comes up an awful lot. A surprising more than about more than you would again. Assume. Everything in this universe can be solved with cars. Yeah, and um, but yeah, okay. So the Mach Five has um, was invented by Pops Racer, and it has um, uh, basically lots of little like gadgets and stuff. So mm-hmm. it has like a little uh, buzzsaw blades that can come out of the front, or it has jump jacks, meaning that you can literally jump the car. Like it, it, it like. <laughs> It's a, it's a bond car. Oh yeah, that's a yeah. good representation of the um, sound effect too. And uh, I mean, and you know exactly what that what that does whenever it does it. <laughs> uh, but it has like a little like homing uh, robot bird thing. Uh, has bulletproof glass. It can go underwater. Mm. It can climb up mountains because it has like these little tire spikes mm-hmm. and stuff. It, it does a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. So um, throughout the show, like there's just you know it, it's very episodic. So you know most everything is kind of. Uh, solved by the end of the episode. Every once in a while, it'll be a two-parter or a three-parter. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it always revolves around some kind of race where they're going to go and then like some mad scientist has figured out how to make a monster car mm-hmm. and they have to figure out how to beat the monster car with the Mach 5. Yeah. Uh, but also there is uh, Rex Racer, or, or no, Racer Rex, excuse Racer me, X, yeah. who is Speed Racer's long-lost brother, Racer. Rex Racer. Rex yep. Racer. Yeah, you're getting there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he is kind of like the, the antagonist, uh, the, the overarching antagonist for the mm-hmm. show, but he's also like helping speed at times because he's still his big brother. Okay. Um, and, uh, but they don't know it because they think that Rex died in a, a wreck Car you know, in, in a fiery crash. I think yeah, that Rex exactly. died in a wreck. It was almost prophetic. Um, so, but the, the fun part about if you watch the show now, it's, it's terrible. Um, oh, it's, but the, the brutal. dub is brutal absolutely (laughs) brutal to watch and i remember it was one on saturday morning cartoons when i was really really young but my aunt had a couple of the vhs tapes Mm -hmm. that um that i would just i just ran ragged and i think we re-recorded over them like two or three times and the quality got worse and worse (laughs) and worse every time um and uh, i there was like maybe like four episodes that i've seen i've seen the monster car episode like hundreds of times by now <laughs> and it's probably one of the worst ones that they've that they've done but um but yeah if you really want to trip uh go and watch just the the really like you know the original 1967 speed racer mm-hmm. which is actually mach 
Mach Go Go Go, mm-hmm. which is a uh, onomatopoeia for um, basically the sound of an engine. Okay. Like go 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 go. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and but then you know when they brought it over to the U.S., they're like, no one's gonna understand. Right. That. So it has right. to be Speed Racer, which is just his name. Because yeah. makes sense. Yeah. 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 It's definitely early era anime. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of the earliest. Yeah, and it, you could feel it. Yeah, because I think Astro Boy came out in like nineteen. I think Astro Boy was eight. I wonder if Astro Boy was your sixty four actually. No, no, Astro Boy came out in the fifties. Was it fifties? Yeah. Well, now I'm gonna have to look. <laughs> uh, okay, so we are talking about Chippendale Rescue Rangers, not the nineteen eighty nine version, but the twenty 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 two. Yes, those are all numbers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, looking at a quick. Bad synopsis of this film. Before you do, Astro Boy, 1963. Oh, wow. I am terrible. Anyway, speaking not. of terrible, moving on. <laughs> oh! to All right. So, Kip and Dale Rangers. All right. So, we are dumped into a world where the classic kids cartoon show, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, was a show that was produced by actors who are animated chipmunks. Yes. And yes. and the rest, right? So it is this world in which we have our story for this movie is about Chip and Dale, who are the same, the actors are have the same name as the characters they played in the show, uh, but they're actors. They're not actually rescue rangers. And they had brief success when this show aired and then uh, Dale tried to go do his own thing and the show flopped and his own thing flopped and neither Chip nor Dale have had real success on the acting scene in years. Mm-hmm. Correct. And um, the m- whole world is populated by all sorts of other animated uh, peoples. But right? with also real people. But also real people. And it's not just hand-drawn animated style. There's 3D animation. There is claymation. Uh, there is the, they, they visit the quote unquote uncanny Valley where it's just bad 3d animation, <laughs> like polar express. Yeah. Yes. And so it's, it's a very eclectic conglomeration of different animation styles to represent different characters that you meet throughout the movie. Um, there's a Muppet that they run into at one point. <laughs> yep. Um, and so, and they're all, these are all real living creatures in this world. It's, it's yes. very who framed Roger Rabbit. And so it's, it's hard to talk about because it's so meta, right? It's like, cause there's yes. these characters and they represent these other characters, but they are real people, but they're animated or they're a puppet. And <laughs> <laughs> there's even cars from cars on the road alongside cars being driven by animated chipmunks. That or, are, or cars just being driven by people. Y- yeah, yeah. Like that all happens too. Um, so it's, it's, um, the main plot is that, um, cartoons of, you know, different descriptions are being abducted and, uh, they're being kind of plastic surgeried into their, their equivalent yeah. knockoff versions of themselves and being forced via slave labor into creating, um, knockoff versions of the shows that they're from to, to be sold as bootleg copies. Yes. And that is, and, and so Chip and Dale, 
get pulled into this when uh, their friend, I've already forgotten the name of the character. Monterey, Mon- Jack. Monterey, Jack. Monterey Jack. Monterey Jack falls victim to this scheme and they have to help the police figure out what's going on and hijinks ensue. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So in case anyone was wondering, Andrew and I both grew up watching the TV show. Joel did not. I did not. <laughs> that is not necessarily going to help our uh, the results involved. So let's look at some scores, shall we? And our first score is based on our technical result. So that is a combination of all of our scores for the... I always try to mess up this the order. spectacle, performance, score, and plot. Thank you, Andrew, because I really try to mess it up somehow. <laughs> and then we have a separate score that is the entertainment value. So sometimes you can have a movie that is objectively not well done, but it's just really funny, really entertaining, and you love it. So we really want to have kind of a, a separation here to make that apparent when that is the case. I don't know if that happened here or not. Now, in this case, they are very, very similar. Our technical score for this film is a 6.9 out of 10. Nice. And the entertainment value is a 7.0 out of 10. So very closely aligned. Yeah. That that kind of that that seven threshold right there is mm. kind of represents is eh, eh, all right. Probably wouldn't watch it again. Is is fine. It's, it's <laughs> hovering on the on the verge of. Do I want to watch this again? Yeah. Or, or if it was just on TV, would I leave it on? Yeah, maybe. But I have to seek it out. Ooh, I don't know. Let's throw out some some goods and some bads. Right. The the good, at least from my perspective, is watching just the hilarity of all of the different animation styles being thrown together and mm-hmm. under the just the ludicrous premise that these are real beings yeah. that all exist in the same space yeah is just really funny and they really amp that up with um the claymation in particular yes. and the way that that interacts with the animated characters and then also the the real actors and the size differences involved are mm-hmm. just really hilarious and so all of that coming together creates a cacophony of imagination, if you will, that is, I mean, it's really funny, right? Mm. And it's not necessarily conducive to a cohesive story, but it is really funny. So, so all I'm going to say is that an executive with Disney took his kid to see Warner Brothers Space Jam 2 and said, we have a lot of properties. We could do a movie that's just all cameos all the time. And we could do it better than them. And well, they, that's what they set out to do. Well, what's <laughs> interesting is there really wasn't a ton of name cameos in the film. I and mean, there's a lot, but it, it's it, nothing it, compared to like the Space Jam 2 movie, which I did not see, but I, I saw the trailers. It, but they and, don't call out specific names, but there's so much going on in the background of different characters. Yeah. And kind of like there are YouTube videos where people are like, here's 100 cameos in Chippendales Rescue Rangers. Here's 300 cameos and. I can tell you which one of those I watched and which one I didn't. <laughs> the long one. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's interesting. It's a, it's an attempt. It's cool to see some of these characters. It's very unsettling to have, you know, like who framed Roger Rabbit, right? I saw that in theaters and you had hand-drawn animation and live action. And is that world a little weird? Yes. Is a world where you have hand-drawn animation, live action, and then varying degrees of excellence in CGI, like like just decades <laughs> mm-hmm. difference of CGI. 
that world is a lot harder to watch as a cohesive whole. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot of, um, and we'll, we'll get into this when we get into the spoiler oh, and, section oh, of the film. And I forgot also stop motion claymation done yes. via CGI. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely a world you don't want to squint at too hard. No. <laughs> um, no. Because I'm assuming there were like video game characters that were walking around, right? Were there? Or was it just... I There there may have... I don't know if they covered that or not, actually. Well, okay, so question. I'm just kind of throwing this out in the ether here. <laughs> um, if you have multiple versions of a game, like so you have Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider 1, Tomb Raider 3, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, well, I, I assume that they got... Um, they got animation surgeries done, so it was like continual facelifts right. that they were going because, through. Because we have, well, we, or, we do have the example of Dale having the CGI improvement. Correct, the Alvin and the Chipmunk style CGI, which is a bad form of CGI, but it's okay. I, I think that was kind of the joke. Was, well, the joke is that it's a, it's someone who has been involved in Hollywood and they're kind of aging out of it and they're trying to keep up, so they're getting all the platinum, you know, the Botox yeah. and all this. This is what it's meant to lampoon. It's just. You have to stare at this on screen over and over again. It's like, man, this is hard. It, so I actually really did like a lot of the mixing of of animation and just different styles mm. for yeah. for for stuff because it was kind of it was definitely fun, especially because you this was I think an easy way for Disney to still have classic designs like like Chip mm-hmm. who was just you know cell animated. He's still three D, but he's cell animated, mm-hmm. and then you have it, it it's it's such a weird movie yep. because it's kind of one of those things where I don't know if it should exist because there's a lot of just really weird things in it. And it's got a it's got a strange target audience too, right? Yes. Because yeah. it's very specifically targeting uh, 90s Disney cartoon nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, Which and, are people our age. Right. Uh, but at the same time, it is structured in such a way as to be a children's film. Yeah. And I did watch this with my children. And the <laughs> the oldest, um, who is seven, had a very difficult time figuring out what was going on. Mm. Because there was the, okay, so this comes after a show called Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. But the show is, a, is just a show in the movie, so it didn't really happen. So there's no continuity between them. Uh, but these characters are the actors who are the characters in that show, but they have the same names. <laughs> and anyway, it was it was just it was a tough one to on explain. and on and on. Very difficult to explain for for him to grasp what was going on because he doesn't have the context and of 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 seeing all you know even a fraction of the source material yeah and on top of that it, it being so heavily referential and then having such meta concepts made it very difficult for Younger, the children to yeah. enjoy really at all and the the humor itself was actually pretty funny like there mm. were definitely a lot of times mm. where i was genuinely laughing yeah. throughout the film well the first time that i genuinely belly laughed was when they explained what the plot was <laughs> I was like, I mean, that is so ridiculous that it made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, I, there there are some problems with the plot, um, but you know, it. I can't really <laughs> say any specifics. It's just such a weird movie. I, like, and, and it's because I am the the target audience for this because mm-hmm. I watched Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers mm-hmm. when I was a kid. 
And I I love Chippendale Rescue Rangers. It, it was Indiana Jones and Magnum PI, like mm, yeah. yeah, and like it. And they have um, they have cool gadgets and all these other kind of things. Mm-hmm. And like I was watching it, and I was like, this is fun. I guess like it, it was just such a weird. They didn't really lean into any of. It was kind of like Rescue a, Rangers. Yeah, I was. It was an uncanny valley watching the uncanny valley. Like <laughs> I, it was just kind of. It was just kind of like this just, I don't know, it was just an experience. Yeah. It was like you had Meet the Robinsons googly eyes staring at Polar Express dead eyes, <laughs> and neither of you could figure out who you really were. I, I was sad that there wasn't as many direct, like, Disney character references in the film. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did appreciate, again, you already mentioned it, the humor, right? I yeah. think especially if you have a, a good understanding of the meta at play, the humor lands really well. Yeah, like you, is, you have to be in on the joke. Yeah, there's there's a lot of quote unquote required reading without it being required reading. Yeah, in a sense, you I, know, it's it's like you're trying to exper- explain to your mom why you laughed at this image on your phone, but it's like the meme that was built off of a meme that was built off of a meme. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like I can't like I gotta get like a graph or something. There's just for so you. much cultural context. Yeah, yeah. that um, that's actually kind of what it, what I was about to exactly say it was like it's explaining <laughs> a meme to someone yeah. that doesn't uh, like that doesn't understand memes or doesn't understand like even just the base concept of what you're talking about. So you have to go to like like six levels mm-hmm. deep to be like okay, so like this one guy did this one thing this one time that was really funny. And then people made memes out of it, but then you had this guy, and he made a, a riff on that one. And it's just like it just gets so top level that you just can't yeah. you can't yeah. explain it. Yeah, it doesn't, and it doesn't really matter if you're beating the horse or dissecting the horse. The horse is still dead, right? Like yeah. it's just not funny. <laughs> That's right, boys and girls. Before we get back to the show, here's a word from our sponsor. Do you like spoilers? Of course you do. Check out spoilersintentivepodcast.com for all your spoiler needs. Now, welcome back to Intermission Spoiler Rescue. Last time we left our heroes poised on the precipice of spoilers. For our listeners who may be faint of heart, beware the spoilers. Alrighty, welcome back, everyone. Hope you enjoyed a quick little break. In case you didn't get the message, it is indeed all spoilers, all the time, and there is no rescue from this. Once you have heard it, it cannot be unheard. So, without further ado, we're going to kick it off. We're going to go right into Spectacle. Yeah. I'm going to give this to Joel first. Okay. I give Spectacle a seven. Um, that's respectable. As, as, <laughs> as we've already <laughs> talked about, it was, it's, a, it's a visual cacophony of all the different animation styles being thrown on the screen at the same time and existing in a real world space. Mm-hmm. And so it is fun to absorb and be like, oh, I see that kind of animation. I see that kind of animation. That's cool. Uh, and like another way in which it was really imaginatively done specifically was in the the climactic fight between the claymation police captain <laughs> And the real life police lieutenant who who are going at it, you know, at the yeah. end, and 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 he's like wrapping himself around her because he's all malleable, and <laughs> and she like manages like to yeah, and she manages to like like 
take a, this 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 wire mesh box and kind of like put it over his head and start kind of like spaghettifying him <laughs> by pushing it down over his head and like it's not really doing much to him but it's visually interesting well and then they then they get the uh the terminator 2 reference yeah. Of, yeah. of her freezing him which was cool well, also sliding under the door yeah yeah it's also and it even makes the same sound yep that the uh t-1000 makes in terminator 2 uh, so that was really it was it was fresh. I'd never really seen anything exactly like that mm-hmm. on screen before. So that was really fun. However, on the flip side of that, the the other half of the climactic fight with Chip and Dale and uh, Sweet Pete uh, and the monster he was turned into mm-hmm. was just really boring. Like it just nothing interesting going on there at all. And you know, beyond that, there's just there's a whole lot of references to '90s cartoons that just are a complete miss for me. And it's it's kind of like beyond the interest of, oh, that's cool to see all the animation styles and even puppetry in this same space together. That's all it really is. And it doesn't get it doesn't go deeper than that. Okay, Okay. that's fair. Uh, So I went two steps above. I I gave it a nine just because I I really do like the the mixing of animation styles, Mm -hmm. especially. I mean, I'm I love cell animation and I love hand drawn animation. Unfortunately, all of this was still CGI, mm-hmm. um, just, just in made to yeah, just made like to look it. like yeah. it. Uh, but you know, talking about the um, uh, you know basically the final fight um, with uh, J.K. Simmons' character um, Putty and mm-hmm. uh, um, I can't even remember Ellie. Ellie. Uh, I know it was like any doesn't matter. Um, but that was really fun, just because of like all the different things you can kind of do with a character like that. Mm-hmm. And oh, well, the stuff that they did with with Captain Putty was great, where it's just like anything that stuck to him just becomes part of the putty now because yep. he can't he can't he can no longer get it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is just going to be here forever. Now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I thought that the actual visual interest of the show or the movie was actually quite good. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the amount of compositing and rotoscoping that they had to do for this film just has to be staggering. Yeah. For for <laughs> for what is not honestly a good end result mm-hmm. of how much money and time mm-hmm. they kind of poured into this just to make a mediocre film. <laughs> um, yeah. And th- that's the thing is like, it. W- I still enjoyed watching it. it but like I said earlier, it's just weird. Yeah. And um, even being the, you know, the target audience, I'm just kind of like, I mean, like from the technical aspect, I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. So I gave it an eight. Okay. Because same reasons, right? This is a technical masterpiece of we are just showing off how many different types of art styles we can cram together in a live action world. Yeah. And have it all interact. I mean, they do a bit where... The kids are going into school and, you know, the teacher pulls the the Walkman off of the animated character's head. And then after the character moves past, she's holding a, a physical real world Walkman. Yep. And just stuff like that, that honestly, it's it's hard to do. And they, they put a lot of effort into it. And. Like, <laughs> what did. I can respect it, but boy, we put a lot of effort in for just, you know, a seven. Yeah. Right. Well. Um, one, one part that got me a genuine laugh was whenever Chip was walking home and he had the AirPods in his yes. ears. Oh, yes. Because the they're, because they're, because they're like real world AirPods uh-huh. yeah. on his quote unquote 2D animation 
ears. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, it's it's just one of those things where like a lot of the smaller details like that were really mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Right. And and hilarious just because of like just the visual comedy yeah. of this chipmunk that's walking around with full sized ear pods. Yeah. Or or like all the movie posters, right? We mm-hmm. have the the Fast and Furious babies. Yep. That, that is rated R and actually has the actual like producer's name as the director or whatever and you know, Mr. Doubtfire. You know, yeah. Like, like they put all these really funny references in and like there are moments where you could slow it down because they just filled the world with mm-hmm. stuff. And at the same time, though, it's a little oppressive. There's just so much noise almost. Yeah. Visual noise, I guess I should say. Yeah. So. It, it is. It's a lot. It is a very interesting film. It, it really. Yeah. So performance. Yeah. I gave it a seven. Okay. That seems, I feel like that might be par for course since we got a, well, yeah. a 6.9. Yeah. Um, it was acceptable. Highlights, lowlights, <laughs> anything? No? Um, I kind of, I liked Sweet Pete. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, he's just, um, his character animation was weird just because you know that he's a 3D character, but he's still mm-hmm. 2D. Um, but his actual, like, I just I just like the way that he carried himself. Mm. I don't know how to describe it. I mean, and Andy Samberg was fine. Um, J.K. Simmons, obviously, I think is probably the standing, uh, the, the the outstanding standout. character. Yeah, yeah the standout. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Andy Samberg was fine as as Chip. He right? was Dale. Dale. Was Dale. Dale. Mm-hmm. Dale. Yeah. I always get them mixed up. Yeah. So yeah. Chip yeah. Chip has a black nose, like a chocolate chip. Dale has the red nose. That's the only way you will ever be able to tell them apart. Oh, interesting. That's the only way I've ever been able to do it. I watched all three seasons of the show and I still don't know that. (laughs) Even now, he doesn't know that. Yep. You know what's going to really blow your mind? I think there was only technically one season of Rescue Rangers. Really? I thought, no, I thought there was a couple. I'm going to look. No, it was like at least two or three years of running. I see. I feel like it was two, but it still gets conglomerated in as one season. Oh, it may, well, it may be considered it's like, one. It's like 65 yeah. episodes or something like that. All Anyways, right. I'm going to jump in. Okay. I gave it also a seven. Okay. Uh, J.K. Simmons, again, is the, the standout here. As is Captain Putty. As Captain Putty. Like, just by far, uh, he got some of the best lines. Uh, I th- and he he's done a lot of obviously live action stuff before, but he also, uh, in terms of voice work, played Omni Man in Invincible. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he's got he has familiarity. He's not just a name that was brought in to be a voice. Mm-hmm. He has familiarity with the concept of you know, voice acting, right? Uh, I got to say, I felt kind of bad for Ellie for Kiki Lane because I feel like she kind of got hung out to dry. It was yeah the live. The 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 real life actors interacting with all of the animated mm. characters really I don't I didn't see a single instance of that coming off well no and, and I think it's just always hard to do yeah. right I think that's the issue you know she's she's pretty young she's pretty new and she just there's nothing there's no one for her to look at on screen it's just a bunch of we'll just imagine the chipmunk or like somebody maybe somebody's got their hand in a green screen <laughs> yeah they just have like a little Chippendale puppet yeah and like just, that it's so <laughs> moving hard. it along and mm. like it, I legitimately I felt bad. Uh, I will say I did appreciate that we brought back a lot of the original voice actors. Yeah, you got the same um, girl for Gadget. Yeah, so Tress McNeil came back as Gadget. Uh, she also did, they very, very briefly, Chip and Dale go into their high-pitched chipmunk voices. Mm-hmm. And that is both Tress McNeil as, I believe, Chip and Corey Burton as Dale. So those are the original mm-hmm. actors all around. Uh, little disappointed with uh, not that we got to see him for very long but monterey jack was a favorite character from rescue rangers <laughs> and 
they didn't bring back either of the the original voice actors for him who was uh Jim Cummings and Peter Cullen who are both working voice actors right now so I don't like I think it was Eric Bana did it and I think he did a good job for what we had on yeah. screen it's just that's a missed opportunity from just the the actual production standpoint I think yeah and then um oh, I can't remember his name from uh um uh, for Zipper's character oh it's uh Dennis oh lord I wrote it down I just I know him as David Palmer from 24 Oh, okay. Dennis Haysbert. Yep. I, I loved that flip because Zipper in the show, you know, he doesn't actually speak. Yeah. And then you get this deep voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I gave performance a six. Okay. Uh, I like, you know, we've already talked about the live action animated interactions were just not, they just didn't rough. play on screen. There's yeah. just, and you know, that's, it is a very difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. where you as an actor are up there by yourself and they're like, okay, say so you're half of the scene, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, Andy Samberg, who did the voice for Dale, who is of uh, Saturday, Night, Saturday Night Live and Brooklyn Nine-Nine fame, mm-hmm. basically played Andy Samberg. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, that's, that's if, if the casting is perfect, then you can get away with that. Right. Like, and, like J.K. Simmons, basically. Right. Like it's, he, he doesn't really voice act. It's the same voice. Yeah. <laughs> so. He's, he's always the same guy. He really is, yeah. So it's, it's – in this case, I think there was maybe a bit of a miss mm-hmm. there, um, perhaps on the casting. Chip, who is voiced by John Mulaney, who is uh, perhaps best known for his work in stand-up comedy, but uh, he has done other voice work, which includes uh, Spider-Ham in Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. And um, he, I thought, I, I was definitely more pleased with his performance yeah. um, in, in this situation. Uh, but th- I think the shining star for the whole piece is going to be J.K. Simmons as Captain Putty, just because, like, I just want more of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he legitimately, he got the best material. Yeah. I mean, just, they're yeah. going to gonna probably have some spinoff show with him in it. Being a crooked cop. I mean, if, you know, if we could get kind of like like the wire or something, but it's Captain Putty. Like, let's go. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Right. So score, score of the score, music. I gave it a six. Cool. I I mean, <laughs> hearing the original theme song was great. And yeah. Kind of there. Whoa, their, whoa. We got like a quarter a, of the a original. very little bit. But but hearing the original song and also getting kind of some some styling and some riffs on it was nice. Mm. I think that we had some good like heist style music when they were yeah. you know, going to the bathhouse. I think that was well done. Mm. So this is interesting though, because like, my personal complaint is the emotion wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is this is if we really get into the story, like like the relationship of Chip and Dale is pretty weighty. Right? Yeah. That's a pretty big deal. And the music didn't really sell it. Sure. Yeah. So looking at our uh, composer for this, uh, Brian Tyler, mm-hmm. you know what his two big name pieces on his resume are? No idea. Iron Man 3. Okay. And Avengers Age of Ultron along with Danny Elfman, mm. which are both pieces because we've complained about the MCU and it's, uh, it's lack of musical awareness in the past. Both pieces whose scores just weren't either weren't really featured or they just didn't come through. And I, feel like that kind of carried over here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's one of those things where it's entirely possible that the score that he wrote just didn't make it all the way into the film in the capacity that he wanted it to be. I mean, I, I listened to the soundtrack today and again, some really great like sneaky heist type pieces mm-hmm. and there just wasn't anything in there that I could find that had like the emotional weight. 
that I yeah. really wanted out of this. So who's next? Well, I gave the score a seven. Oh, okay. And generally speaking, it was just just forgettable and like it it's it sat in there filled the the ear space and did its job and then clocked out and went and had coffee i guess yeah right like <laughs> uh and like i i enjoyed the inclusion of you know musical tie-ins from previous work right like right. that's that's always something that elevates a a piece of work where you can incorporate other work in it and it functions smoothly. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that bumps it up to a seven for me. Okay. <laughs> uh, I gave it a seven. I probably should have gone lower based on the, <laughs> on the things. Cause the only thing I have written down is we just wanted to hear the original theme theme song again. Exclamation uh, point. Exclamation. And, and Honestly, yeah, we, 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 no, we, we did got, not we got, get it. We got a very small piece. Of I mean, it. we got like sort of got it. We got like a quarter of it, and got, then and then they they have the gall to call it out right when they're walking into the sunset of like people want to hear the original theme song, but we're just going to sell out and you know just do some weird you know modern version yeah. of it. And yeah, and then they still do it. Yeah, and it's so rude. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I, like. Yeah, I'm shocked you gave it that highest score if you're this insulted well, by because it. Because I like the heist style music. The high, that, that type of music was well, well done. Yeah. And um but yeah, I was I was mostly just sad that we didn't get the full theme song. Even because I, I watched all the way to the end of the credits and we still didn't get it. Yeah. Well, I, I did like the whole reference to like Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, you know, they're just rapping to try to stay relevant. <laughs> yeah. And then the snake wants them to rap and it's just like Oh gosh, and it's so bad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but like that plays off pretty well for some jokes. It did, no, yeah. It did. I mean, it's meant to be bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like that—that is the one thing I'll definitely give this movie. It is very self-aware oh, of yeah. the fact that it is very self-aware in the <laughs> universe. It's, it's such a weird. Movie. It's, it's, it's a couple layers of meta going. Yeah. On. yeah. Uh, so okay, we're moving on to the plot. Mm-hmm. I gave it a six. Okay. Um, uh, so, okay. I'm not going to lie. I spent at least a good third of third or two thirds of the film thinking that Dale had something to do with Monty's disappearance. Interesting. Because there was no actual scene of Monty being kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Right. So like the last time you see Monty, Dale comes in the room because yeah. Dale was there, and then okay. Chip leaves. Oh, and, and, and then maybe it's all just a plot to get Chip to come back. Exactly. And do the, oh, yeah. that would have been well because that, that's the only thing in my mind of like because that's the last time you see him, mm-hmm. and then like there's just a call of like, oh, Monty got kidnapped, and it's like what? Mm-hmm. Like, like okay, so like did did Dale do it? And like, you know, he's leading on some weird, weird wild goose chase to like get chip back invested into the, into the franchise and friendship. So he could like go and do it, but then it wasn't. And I yeah. was like, Oh, well that's just weird then. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny. Cause they did kind of the, the misdirects towards Ellie as well. Yeah. As throwing suspicion on her when she can't name her favorite episode. Mm-hmm. And Oh, you know, Oh yeah. I grew up in Albany. And I love watching it. Well, we didn't air in Albany kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I, there's just some weird, 
things with it. Um, the, also, if they have the technology to to basically like change the composition of of tune people, mm-hmm. uh-huh. um, why would they need to have the original actors? Voice, maybe. I mean, but I don't know. But, I can't answer but it's that question. Bootleg. They, I'm they, not they, trying. I'm not trying. If to you that stare question. too long into the abyss, the abyss will stare back at you. <laughs> there, there are a lot of um, uh, really scary things when you think about right, like like, like, like when when he has the ear changed near the other thing, he can't do anything about it. But as soon as it gets violently removed by a cutting laser, he can just pop his original <laughs> ear back out. <laughs> back yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. There, oh, man. There, there's some weird. Really weird things. Okay, but honestly, my biggest, my biggest knock, and I understand that this is a show inside of a fictional film about the show, mm-hmm. but they didn't use literally any of the gadgets that they had from the show. I, we barely get we. This is Chip and Dale the movie, not Rescue Rangers. Yeah, we barely get any of Monty. You barely get any of Gadget or I mean, Zipper. Well, and, you know, and then they poke fun of the fact that she's, she's like, oh, my on-screen persona is exactly like the one that I have in real life. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and it's just like, okay, yeah, that's fine. You you get a pass here because they need to have the bubble glider. But uh-huh. but they have the bubble glider. Give us, like, the suction cup crossbows. Uh, crossbows. Yeah. And, like, all like, sorts of other... Give they us have some it of the gadgets. In the, like, they have it actually... On the thumbnail for the film, yeah, on with, a, Disney with Plus. them holding mm-hmm. the crossbows and they don't use it. Yeah, they I was mad. Never use it. I was mad too. And we use fireworks instead, Ugh. so we can get the Disney. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> continue, someone. <laughs> All right, well, I I gave plot of six. Okay, and there's just like I, I I literally laughed out loud, like really loud. It was one of those those surprised guffaws, you know, <laughs> when, when they explained what the plot of the movie was and it's like, we're kidnapping tunes and we're surgically altering them to look like just, you know, knockoff versions of themselves for licensing reasons. And then they're making knockoff versions of their own movies. And it's just like, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> and it's, I can't it's, take, I cannot take this movie seriously in this plot. It's almost trying to be kind of like a commentary on like a slave trafficking yeah. thing. And just the way it's handled, you're just like, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Well, the, and then the fact that the, um, the actual bootleg studio was in the same facility that they just raided like mm-hmm. earlier, I'm assuming that night. Well, yeah. I mean, talking about logistical issues with the the set blocking, though, it, the original like action piece when they're raiding the the bootleg factory mm-hmm. and they get into the surgery chamber, yeah. and they they have to figure out a way to get the chipmunks into the the surgery machine so that we can have a suspenseful action sequence where they have to dodge lasers <laughs> and all of this stuff, right? Because I don't know, we need that for the script and so it relies one on chippendale's mutual stupidity to touch strange buttons in a laboratory and, and then jump into and then, the one and spot. then and then when the alarms go off and the doors start closing they jump into the very small space that is the only place anyone could possibly be in danger yeah <laughs> well, yeah. yeah it was, was problem. it was so bad there there is a lot of uh, logistical hoops that have to be done i feel that we're we're giving this too high of a score it, know. You know what? It is entirely possible. We're, we're <laughs> discussing this, and I'm sitting here going, I gave it a seven. Oh. Well, I was nice in the, <laughs> in the sense that the basic plot is pretty reliable, right? Dirty cop, 
and we've got you know Hollywood, you know high you know celebrity tie-in type thing going uh, yeah. on. Yeah, that's pretty relaxing. You don't want to stare at this universe real hard. And you know, I'll give them credit with the misdirect with Ellie, where they kind of made it seem like, oh, is she the one that's at fault, and then yeah. you know, it, mm-hmm. they find out it's not. Uh, I really missed. We just didn't get much of Rescue Rangers. We just it got was just Chip and Dale. Chip and Dale, and you know, like I'll give them a lot of shout outs for the humor and the references. You know, they reference you know the cabinet maker Chippendale, right? Which mm-hmm. is where the actual name came from originally. Yeah, or, or the dancers. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah, they're not related to they're not related, the, the but, yeah. show. But yeah, they referenced that. Uh, but you know, uh, yeah, I should have given this worst score. <laughs> so so sweet, we're talking ourselves down as we go. I know, like like Sweet Pete, right? Pretty decent villain as mm-hmm. far yeah, as it goes. Yeah. Interesting thing. Im, Im, embittered I mean, child star kind yeah, of. Yeah, so, I mean, it fits. So you want you to hear some horrible, something horrible? Mm-hmm. They just, they took kind of the plot of the actual child actor who played Peter Pan for Disney, Bobby Driscoll, mm-hmm. who as he got older couldn't get any roles and basically became bitter and used drugs and then ended up dying of an overdose and like like a really horrible like sad tale and they took this they made him the villain. Yep. <laughs> what are you doing? That's ah Man, Disney, be a little more like this is a very self-aware movie. Disney, you should be a little more self-aware <laughs> in this moment. Yeah. That, mm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Well, OK, so then then you have like. Just these really weird. I mean, so you have like ugly Sonic. Hola- OK, so hilarious. Well, no necessary. Oh, no, it is. It is absolutely hilarious. And I totally like I laughed. But so then but and this kind of comes back to my Tomb Raider question earlier. So like there's two versions of Sonic. Yeah, who, who's like, good, where's good looking Sonic? Yeah. So there, there's ugly Sonic. Well, he's and, off making movies. <laughs> then there's normal <laughs> Sonic. So so that means that like there are multiple versions of these people that exist. Or, or, yeah, or, is, it, or is it like were they twin brothers? And they cast the first one because they really liked him. They're just like, well, you just don't look good enough for it. So the cast is better looking brother. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, but like. We don't know. We don't, but, we don't stare at this universe too But hard. like if, if they have like multiple like games that come out, like is, some, like is some person creating these people, these sentient <laughs> beings? <laughs> Whenever uh, they, like, oh God, it, it, it hurts. hurts. It hurts my brain a little bit trying to think about it. Um, okay. So. um I've got one more yeah, go ahead. question to pose you. So, so one of the, the key parts of the whole kidnapping and smuggling routine, right, is they, they erase the character's mouth right? so they, yeah. during the kidnapping so they can't mm-hmm. scream. Well, it's, it's a cartoon holding an eraser, using an eraser on another cartoon. Is he not, like, erasing his hand at the process? Only if like you if got un, some, if some friction. Only if undo rubbing occurs, and there has to be some friction end. there. Like, <laughs> Maybe feels, there's a way to activate the. It eraser. feels like you would let the CGI character hold the eraser and not the animated character, just for safety's sake, right? Right. Oh, it's just stuff like that. Again, it's it's just don't stare at this universe too well, closely. Okay, so okay, so outside of just like really weird nitpicks like mm. that, yeah. Um, like you. the actual the actual plot just still doesn't really make any sense because. Like well, well, this whole they oh, don't ship them overseas, and they're not actually shipping them overseas. We raided this building, and somehow we didn't find like six sound stages. Yeah, yeah, that's not well. Good. And you could you you could go far to say that that Putty like you know because he's the police chief. Maybe he, he was maybe like, he hey, don't go over it. that direction. Yeah. Or or, or you know. I've already checked these rooms. Yeah, 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 entirely. But you you can't you gotta, hide you sound that. stages like that. Oh, okay. All right, hold on. I got a good one. A, a good gift form, right? Okay. Uh, so Chip 
when they're in the bathhouse, right? He doesn't know the code yep. for the locker and goes, oh, macadamia nuts. Like he smells it. Mm-hmm. That means there's oil on his fingers. Yep. And he lights the mat. Hey, that was, I was actually, I there are some real movies who think they're doing spy stuff that I would like to see pull a trick like that because that was a good trick. I appreciated that a lot. I did like the, the bathhouse like the whole the whole sequence was good yeah don't don't do your new york accent hey forget about (laughs) (laughs) yeah and he's dressed up in in like a top hat and cane and oh the when they're trying to get into the actual uh, yeah yeah. like like the interaction between chip and dale was actually quite good and it was fun and that's Mm. that's pretty much the thing that drove a lot of the film was just their general interactions that helped sounds like it's time to talk about entertainment yeah (laughs) <laughs> so, were you not entertained? I gave it a seven. Hey, what do you know? I gave it a seven. Hey, what do you know? I, I gave it a seven. Yeah. Wow. That is, I think, for all of us, right on the threshold or just below the threshold of, yeah, we'll rewatch this. It'll, I mean, you know, I'm sure it'll happen at some point, uh, preferably later than sooner. I might do it just to, just to go look for some of the cameos. It might actually be better on a rewatch than... On first pass. Well, that's not. Well, hold on. Well, that's well, not no, too I, far. I can definitely. Things. I could probably be on that because, like, it's so absurd that on first blush, it's just it's just kind of off putting. Th- there's a lot. Yeah, and so coming back to it, the things that stand out are still there mm-hmm. because you've got all of these different animation styles that are all cohabiting mm-hmm. the same real world space, and the technical mastery on display has not diminished. Yeah, that's and correct. The there's no worthwhile mystery in the plot so you haven't lost anything there <laughs> uh and but but you've gotten over the shock of just how bizarre this world is that's, yeah that's fair and i mean i liked you know the the concept of kind of the con circuit mm-hmm. where you know oh they all see each other every week and you got you know lumiere over here yeah ugly sonic and <laughs> i credit full credit for them for the focus on the teeth when like he's <sighs> talking and Dale is just staring at them. <laughs> and then Chip meets him and Chip is just staring and at them. And that's another thing that is, it's kind of really, it's a very specific target audience, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, we're completely outside of the realm of harping on 90s cartoon nostalgia anymore. This is, you had to be paying attention to the news three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is, the, it is the Venn diagram overlap of those two groups. Yeah. And, you, and you had to be in on the joke. Yeah. Yeah. Like... It's just such a weird film because, like, you it's just explaining a meme, mm-hmm. but in movie form. Yeah. yeah. I, I think because I keep comparing this in my head back to Sonic, mm-hmm. right? the, the first Sonic movie. I haven't seen the second one yet. I guess shame on me, maybe. I don't know. Uh, and we just really lacked a Jim Carrey, right? I think this movie really yeah. hurt for not having someone because, again, we could, we talk about, you know, you're, you're acting opposite green screens or nothing right like what was it uh ian mckellen for lord of the rings or no the hobbit like broke down because it was just he's just on green screen with green pieces and he's like crying like this isn't what i want to do this is what i I think of as acting right Mm. well and he's a theatrical yeah actor so when i i lost my oh when i when i think about this and someone like jim carrey has so much of a personality and so much presence you could just throw him in a blank room and record him and he put out great material, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it just doesn't matter that the chip, you know, oh, well, well, you know, the director says, well, Chip's going to be, you know, on this shelf here. And then Jim Carrey rails on something that's standing on top of the desk. Well, I guess he just told the animators for putting, you know, Chip over here. <laughs> that's a great performance, right? 
and we just didn't have that here. Mm, and yeah. that, that hurt it a lot, I think. Yeah, you may maybe you needed, yeah, like a like a a really like seasoned comedic actor you, to you help need, sell Yeah, you needed someone the, the zaniness. Yeah, and, and to really dial it in, right? Someone mm-hmm. who could just dominate the room on their own and then, oh, we're gonna put in some animated stuff around you, and it just doesn't matter, right? Yeah. So I think again, going back and comparing to Sonic, which I think Sonic is just a way better movie on several levels. Uh, I think that's one of the big lacks where if this had had that, maybe it would have helped make the world feel a little more cohesive in a way. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you are, um, because we're kind of wrapping down here, if you are interested in other nostalgia bait level movies, um, a good one to check out is Free Guy, if you haven't. Yes. Um, Mm. I I can wholeheartedly give that one a, a good solid thumbs up. That was uh, that was a movie that watching. I was like, "This is so much better than it has any right to be." Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, it it was just such a weird film. It was a very it was a strange experience. And and I don't feel like they offended me as a Chippendale Rescue Rangers animated show fan. I just I just don't know what I was like. I was just watching it, and I was like, "This is this is something." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they they paid a lot of money to put this in front of me. Yep, Joel. Anything else to add? No, I mean, it's, it was a, a big production that just came to a mediocre conclusion and it, it, it wanted to take me on a ride that I just wasn't sure I wanted to go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, did anyone ask for this? No. <laughs> Do we want it again? No. Are, are, we, are we happy that we got it? I Maybe, maybe, and, maybe, maybe we'll get a Chippendale Rescue Rangers animated show reboot out of this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think both me and me and you, Stephen, can can both agree that we were sad that we didn't get more of the actual Rescue Rangers. Yeah, I so disappointing. Well, I, I will say one thing that did come out of it is that it uh, piqued my kids' interests, and they are now watching the original Rescue Rangers. Oh, nice. on oh, okay. Disney Plus. Uh, so that's. So- a result that occurred. <laughs> and it is funny because even that show had, you know, its own style of meta joke, which they made in the movie about hitting yeah. the birds and then it distracts the cat and whatnot. But yeah. And the really long laugh sequences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, 80s were wild. Wild. Time. <laughs> 80s and the early 90s, man. It's just a lot of, a lot of drug use in Hollywood. A lot going on there. And on that note. On that note. I think that is all the time we have for this episode. So until next time, I'm Stephen. I'm Andrew. And I'm Joel. And as always, every spoiler was intended. Thank you for tuning in. If you like what you heard, you can support the show for as low as $1 at patreon.com slash spoilers intended podcast. We also have a Discord server and would love to have more people joining in the conversation. Links are in the description below. Thank you.